Hello, and welcome to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I am Steph, and I'm the owner and creative director of Vim. Vim's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. All right, we have Evan Zivanakis. Zivanakis. Yeah. <laughs> we practiced that several times. So I have Evan Zivanakis on the show with us today. Uh, Evan is with Executive Coach Asia, and I am so excited. We had a little time before this to chat a little bit about what you do, and I'm just going to kind of throw the ball at you and have you introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Nice to see you, Steph, and uh, honor to be here. What I do, yes, I am an executive coach, and uh, and a lot of people still don't know what is an executive coach. I work with leaders, managers, C-suites, and business owners on either one-on-one or with their teams, leadership development, management, and all that. I am also a management consultant to a couple of companies, and I am also an online visiting lecturer at the EU Business School in Geneva, Switzerland. A little bit about myself, you know, I studied in the UK. I started in Switzerland and, you know, as soon as I graduated, I I was an employee. And then after becoming an employee, I was uh, promoted after a couple of years to a team leader, then a manager. After that, I was headhunted and I um, developed, um, I helped develop a, a, one of the financial brokers in Asia. I have opened their offices specifically in the Asia Pacific region. So I became a director and then I became a CEO. And then after that, I decided to work for myself and I decided to, you know, share my knowledge, share my passion, share, you know, my mistakes, share my good things and my bad, my bad things. And um, throughout my career, I think I managed more than 500 employees across eight, eight countries. And um, I led companies to expand, especially across the Asia Pacific region, Australia, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia and all that. And um, I think what was most successful for me was that I did that by successfully creating the right company culture and leading people from the front. Yeah. So with that kind of practical experience alongside my academic qualifications, I now help executive leaders and companies to enhance, you know, to develop their leadership presence, have more engaged teams, increase profits, and at the same time, you know, leave a happier life. And I do that by offering what I believe, you know, are some of the most educational, transformational, transformational um, coaching and training solutions. So my niche, you know, if you can call it niche, it's um, executive leadership, sales development, management, business development. So um, I, I like to call myself a practitioner, which means I, I can't teach something I've never done. Like, you know, so I can't, um, I, I can't teach anything or SEO is not my expertise. So I just, you know, teach and train people based on what I have practically done. Yeah. I love that. And how do people work with you? Like, is it um, all all digital? Do you do in person? How does that look? Well, late, you know, for the last couple of years, I guess I said 90 percent is is digital. Yeah. Um, even when I'm in the country and, you know, the, the, the client is in the same country, um yeah it could be digital and maybe the final session or maybe we'll meet up for a coffee 
but it looks like everyone is quite comfortable nowadays. Um, it's mainly digital, yes, 90%, yeah, which is good. I mean, yeah, I know we, we, we had some couple of challenging years, you know, with the lockdowns, with, with uh, insecurity, a lot of people fear, but um, I think for me, it worked quite well in terms of my, of my profession, everything kind of turned digital, yeah. Right, right. So my audience often, my audience is, you know, always growing, but I'm here in the United States. And so, off, you know, I, I guess a big saturation point of my audience is going to be from the US, Canada, things of that nature. Yeah. They can work with you, correct? Like you're, you're definitely working all around the world with professionals and executives who are needing this leadership training. Yes, yes. I have a lot of Canadian clients. I have clients from Australia, from uh, from Asia. That's why Executive Coach Asia. How I started Executive Coach Asia back in 2017 is I was in Asia, I was in Singapore, and I had enough a little bit working for other people, you know? Yeah. And so, so I said, you know, I want to do something for myself. And then um, I decided to, 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 to start coaching and training people. So I went and, 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 I, and, I, and I became accredited, certified executive coach. And then I started Executive Coach Asia. Uh, I did it for SEO purposes, you know. So if you go and type Executive Coach Asia, the website will come up. So smart, yeah. Well, it's not. It wasn't my thought. I was reading, you know, online how to, you know, names for your website and all mm -hmm. that. Initially, I tell you, I had my name, but my name is a little bit difficult to pronounce and maybe to spell. Yeah. So yeah, all on GoDaddy. So I went to GoDaddy and then I bought a new domain, ExecutiveCoachAsia.com. It was available, and then I changed from evangivanakis.com to executive coach asia i love it yeah we we yes. do have to get you know you have to get really creative but you also want to be authentic to what you do and who you are and be clear so it is this you really have to get creative with names and urls and social media handles so um i'm glad i'm i'm glad it's working so well for you um so you know, to to leave a corporate job and to, you know, take under your wings a lot of other executives and businesses, right, who have a variety of different um, what they do, different industries, different reasons for what they do. You clearly have to have passion. Tell me where that comes from for you and like where what is your true passion behind coaching and specifically executive leadership coaching? Yeah, executive leadership is challenging because you know I'm dealing with you know with high network individuals, you know people mm -hmm. that you know they're decision makers. So it's not easy. But again, this is my niece. This is what I've done, and I really love it. I love the challenge. And how I started is is you know I I didn't want to work. You know, back in 2017, I said okay, I have 10 years corporate experience because I started my own my first company. I started in the UK when I was 25 years old. Mm -hmm. So. Um, after kind of 10, 10, 12 years, I said, you know, I want to do something different. You know, I don't want to report to, you know, I just want to do you know, my thing. So I always believed in good leadership and good management, you know, and you know how I describe leadership. I always say that leadership is a bit like the chocolate fountain. You go to the weddings in the middle, you see that chocolate fountain, you know, the chocolate fondue. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. So it's either at the end of the buffet or in the middle, right? When you go to those weddings. So <laughs> chocolate flows from the top, right? Right. Right. So if everything is good from the top, everything will flow and it will taste nice. Yes. So I do believe that the fish stinks from the head. Mm. So with that analogy, so 
you know, I started it because I can see, you know, if you walk into a restaurant and you see that the staff are rude, are moody, there is something wrong. It's either the manager doesn't care, the pay is not right, the culture is not right. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, you go to a hotel or something and you see the receptionist and the staff when they are welcoming you and they're polite and they smile. I can feel that something else good is happening behind. Yes. Yeah. So with that passion and the fact that, you know, we spend 8, 10, 12 hours at work every day. Work is our identity, right? Uh-huh. And this is where I started. I said, you know, work is our identity. You know, I don't want to see managers bringing, you know, how many, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a manager, I'm sure there were days like me where you bring your frustrations at home and you shout at your kids or your partner. Yeah. So, you know, or you you scream at your three years old because they split their milkshake, you know, and you're tired all day from work. It happened. So this is where I started. This is how it started. And uh, it's not an easy journey. I actually started without a plan B. Mm. Oh, you just went for it. I just went for it. And um, I got accredited. um, And then I started, you know, step by step. Uh, and then I did a lot of business development, you know, a lot of, you know, you know, calling my previous clients and introducing what I do again and again. And then one thing rolled to another and uh, my heart was in it. That's why, you know, um, yeah. if, if your passion is it, uh, I mean, you don't only need passion, you need technical skills as well and all that, but your heart should be in it. Because I think if your heart is in it, you know, when tough days would you know something of course you're gonna have tough days difficult days that you don't feel like it if your why is big enough you're gonna stick to it if not you're just gonna throw the towel what is your why yeah my why is because you know my why i believe in good leadership my wife i i I believe in good leadership i believe in good management i don't want to work for people you know i just want to enjoy myself with my family you know and and all that so um that's my why you know that's my why and and, and you know, I know my, you know, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses. Um, and the other why is that I want to give, you know, I feel like I want to give, you know, you know, what I know, you know, is not always right, but you know, I I I I want to share my mistakes, you know. I uh-huh. before I actually started this, I closed the company. Um, yeah. I started something else and then I closed it because I partner up with the wrong person. So that's another failure which I use. When I do my when I do my business coaching on how to use the right partner. Yes, 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 yes. Well, so I, my love- wife, I don't want to work for and you know, I want to work for myself and I want to give, you know, in that in that in that niche. And you know, I believe, you know, as I said, work becomes our identity, and especially when it comes to management. And you know. Yeah. Well, I love I love that you have, you know, your why was multifaceted, right? So you believe in good leadership, you want to help right? Leaders see that they really, they are at the top and they bleed down to the beginning. But I also love that you have your why of, I want to give because whether you, I, I agree with you, right? Our work does truly become our entity in so much ways. But if we take work aside and we look at you, Evan, as, you know, maybe a father or a husband or a boyfriend or whomever or whatever, I bet you that giving is super immersed in your world, right? If you're at the if you're at a dinner table and there's one roll left, are you taking it? No, probably not. You're probably going to give it to whoever you're eating with because that's your your depth of of that why or the, of that giving, right? Tell me, is that true? Does that 
Does that bleed pretty on it? Like pretty true? Yeah, I'm thinking, well, look, if I'm hungry, I'll probably take it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, I guess people change. You know, when I was in England, I was 25 years old. I got promoted. Um, I opened my own office. I, I wasn't associated with the company, but in essence, I was self-employed. So my ego was really high. I was 25 and I was managing people who were 35. So yeah. the way of management back then, it was totally different. It was one way on your face. Do as I say. Yeah. It worked. People didn't question. People were on time. It worked. So, yeah. but I think as we go through, we evolve, we gain more experience. We evolve, you know, the environment over the last couple of years changed. Yes. You know, so, um, yeah. Well, and, and speaking of like the environment changing, um, pre, pre off air, we had kind of talked about this phenomenon that has been coined the great resignation and you kind of have a different spin on that um i want to hear that again tell me about that so my listeners can hear that yeah look yeah the great resignation people call it the great resignation but i believe it's the great re-evaluation of our values yes which leads to say I'm not going to use the word like screw that i'm out of here <laughs> i had enough of that shit, you know like yeah. and most of the time when it comes to corporate environment people refer to their manager right yeah so because you know for me leadership if you were to ask me what is leadership i would say it's a, a, an effective leader is somebody that gives its people it what an effective manager a leader is somebody that it provides its people what they cannot provide for themselves Yes. Yeah, I love that. Because, you know, you know, you can look at political leaders, you know, like uh, Nelson Mandela or mm -hmm. or Martin Luther, Luther King. Sometimes they provide a vision like I have a dream. Mm -hmm. So they give their people what they cannot provide themselves, maybe a vision, maybe a dream. Sometimes if you're a corporate manager, maybe, you know, if you can provide your people with a safe work environment, with good remuneration, with challenges, with training and development, why would they need you? Right, right. That's why the great resignation happening, because we're reevaluating what we want to do. And I think too, like, I love that you said that because it re-evaluation of what do I want? This is my one life. I have to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, especially here in the US. I don't know how it is in the other world, but we're workaholics here. Um, and so when you're working that much, you should really be reevaluating. Does this align with my passion, what I'm enthusiastic about, um, and be really purposeful and intentional about what you do with your career. And so I, I just, I'd never heard, you know, the great reevaluation. I love that spin on it. Thank you for introducing that thought into my world. Um, because I think whether we are leaving a corporate job and, and going on our own, staying where we are and maybe reevaluating, I think that's really important for us to all do right now, but also do throughout our journey. Always be reevaluating. Does this align with my purpose and my passion? And if it doesn't, evaluate how you can get it to. Do you help? Yeah, I mean, is that a part of your leadership training? Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. I mean, and there is nothing wrong. You know, we, we have to understand that some people that just want a job, you know, they just want a salary and a job and there is nothing wrong. Fantastic. You enjoy it. 
you know, enjoy your weekend. But when it comes to, you know, managing people, maybe you're watching this and you are a corporate leader or maybe you have a small company, you know, two to three, five people. Maybe you have a small restaurant or a small coffee shop. Like, yeah, uh, are your people feeling secure? Mm -hmm. And what do I mean? Like a feeling of well-being, for example, am I safe? Do I have the means to provide for myself and my dependents? You know, this is one of the most, most basic needs. And you, we all need to feel secure and safety. Like, you know, do I have a roof over, over my head? Am I financially secure? And that doesn't mean keeping people, if they don't perform, that doesn't mean you have to keep them because of that. But are the people that working with you feeling kind of emotionally secure? Right. You know, like, and it's not easy. I understand, you know, it's not easy because everything kind of changed remote in a couple of months. If you remember March 2020, I think it yep. was the time, the month where the most lockdowns happened yes. globally. Yeah, especially here. So, yeah I, I, yeah so like i was in asia i th i think it was 17th of march mm -hmm. and another thing is you know are your people feeling connected you know what i don't mean connected i mean like are they even you know even for the introvert people introverted people that they like to work completely alone even those people they 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 have a feeling that of worth within yeah. my work or within my social community and i think as you said them great resignation you know people you know ask themselves you know is what i do worthy you know you know how do i contribute so it goes i mean we can analyze it and i think it goes quite deep even into the way that companies now should redesign jobs mm -hmm. to yeah. provide people a feeling of worthiness absolutely yeah i mean and, and worthiness you know comes back down to what you value you know um, there's there's a lot of alignment there. Um, I love that. And so when it comes to like the coaching world, coaching world's huge. There's a lot of coaches, at least um, in in the US and UK, Canada. I see I see coaches popping up everywhere, which I love. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I love that it's becoming more acceptable that uh, you know a coach can be in very different facets right you can have a financial coach you can have a leadership coach you can have a money mindset coach right all of these different valuable coaches um, and what I see in the world of coaching um, the really the coaches that are thriving is that they're bleeding their why and bleeding the the passion that they have um, that comes from that depth that foundation into their marketing and their branding how have you done that with executive coach asia and how do people recognize this giving mentality and this passion from the get-go when they experience you hey look i, I don't like to to, to brag about myself <laughs> no i mean look i think you look look we live this is what i believe right we live in the era of information so if you anything you need you just go on youtube how to mm. lead a team yeah. how to manage myself how to become financially secure now there is nothing wrong with that but information is what the world says you are in the formation mm. coaching and what i do i suppose is transformation yeah you know if you can read a book you can attend the seminar you can watch youtube but all this is left brain mm -hmm. so it means most people they don't know how to implement you know, they just get a hype, they get excited, but then life is busy and they forget about it. So, but coaching with transformation is the coach, the, the coach's most, I think, important job for the coachee is they keep, a coach keeps you accountable. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know? yes. Yeah. Like if I want, let's say I want to become, I want to learn how, let's say I want to learn how to play tennis. Practically, I don't need a coach because I can buy a book. You know, they, I'm sure there is a yellow book, you know, for dummies, you know, that <laughs> yeah. book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or I can watch YouTube videos or, you know, I can, yeah, I don't know where, but if I really want to kind of not really compete on a professional level, but be able to play in a good, you know, even in an amateur way, if I want to play with my friends or something, I would need a coach Yeah. because a coach will push me, will challenge me, will transform me and will keep, the most important thing is keep you accountable, like follow up on my homework. Because yeah. again, you know, there are books out there you can read, you can watch YouTube videos, but I uh, YouTube videos, but the accountability and the transformation is not there because everything is left brain. Most people would don't know how to implement things unless we have somebody to coach us and train us. Yeah. And keep us accountable. And keep us accountable. Yes. And transform us. I think this is the most important, you know, one of the is information and transformation is, is different. Yes, I love that. And it's so lacking, um, even for myself, right? True millennial, right? College procrastinated every, uh, procrastinated every essay until the last day it's due, right? Right before it's due. Um, that accountability is always what I'm looking for when I'm personally looking for any sort of program. Um, and so I love that you recognize that and that information transformation you know, kind of what's the difference? And this is really where I bring what I bring to the table. I also often say, you know, somebody can say, here's the 400 page manual to life. It's got every answer you'll ever need in this manual. Here you go. But to me, like, you don't really know what's in this manual. And are you going to spend the time to read all 400 pages? No. But if I say, here's a blank binder and together we're going to slowly build out all 400 pages, you're going to have so much more knowledge of whatever this binder is for, whether it's learning tennis, life, being an executive and leading properly, right? Um, leading with passion and, and leading from the top, right? That doesn't happen if you just give them the information. It's that transformation as you go along. I love that. That is such a great way to, to think of it. Thank you for that. And I think in, in, in when it comes to coaching, leadership, and management, what I've realized is that most of it, it has to have, it, it, it has to do with the behavior of the leader. Like you see, for example, I just finished a time management engagement two days ago and the, the client actually is in the US for a nonprofit, is a leader in a nonprofit organization, and he was overwhelmed, messed up, you know, replying on emails at three o'clock in the morning, time management. He said, I need to get myself organized. And at the end, when we finished the three months engagement, 12th session, I asked him, um, I can't say name, you know what I mean? Because of, <laughs> yeah. I said, you know, I'm just going to make up an end. John, what is the biggest takeaway of, you know, our three month? relationship and engagement and he said it's the fact that actually my time management wasn't that bad it was my belief that i am bad it must mm -hmm. it was my belief that i am bad that i that i had that i am bad in time management actually uh, so yeah. it was my limiting belief that were holding me back yes absolutely and when, it, when it comes to leadership and management like with you know in in that kind of niche 
behavioral transformation is happening in most of the times, like eight out of 10. It's not really, you know, leaders and managers, it's not like technically to know how to do things, but limiting beliefs, like, for example, I don't trust, you know, I don't trust anybody to do the interviews. Mm -hmm. Well, you can reframe that, you know, you cannot reframe, actually, you cannot delete limiting beliefs. I believe, Steph, if you have a limiting belief, you will always have it. Yeah. You will always have it. You will, you, you know, you cannot take, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot delete your memory and your past experience from your life. Okay. So your limiting belief will be all, will always be there. But, you know, yes, I don't trust anybody to, tr to interview people in my company. But if I hire a new recruiter and I fully train them mm -hmm. and then I support them and then I do the interviews, they watch me. They do the interviews. I watch them and then I provide feedback and then support and then follow up. The chances are that my interview, you know, I can delegate that task. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my limiting belief will still be that I don't trust. But do I stay with the limiting belief or do I practically train somebody to become, to, to go to my level or at least let's say 90% of my level? Yeah. So your limited belief will never be gone, but you can learn to, dare I say the word cope and, and learn to get like still have that and learn to, to get beyond it and train that, that it can still be, it could still exist, but you can still function with it and learn to get over, not over it, but overcome it in some ways. Yes. On, on, in personal life as well. Like, you know, if someone cheats on you, you will, you will always believe that everyone is a cheater. Uh, yes, it could be. It could be right. Your limiting belief would be there, but maybe next time when you go on a date, you should take a different approach and ask different questions. You know, and I don't know. You know, you get my you get my yes, idea. Yes. Yeah. No. And hopefully, by the time that come, maybe with a new person, the, your limiting belief maybe will be there, but we, your trust will be now different because it was kind of eliminated, and now you understand that not everyone is a cheater. Yes. 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 It was an isolated case. Very. Very interesting. So if somebody wants to work with you, what's the best, um, I'm going to have in our show notes, your website. Um, so a link to be able to access you, but, um, what's, what is a good segue into starting with you and working with you? What sort of offer? They need, you to, have? Visit me. They need to visit me wherever. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm look, look at your little Island looks beautiful. I think that everyone would love to visit you. <laughs> Look, maybe we can do another a, another video in a couple of months time. I will probably doing it from the beach because I'm going to be working remotely from Greece. Yes, from, yeah, July, July, August, September. So, yeah, the best way is online. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Um, we are connected on LinkedIn, but I do, you know, if if you know your audience, if you like what you hear and, you know, I'd love to work with you. And um, if you think there is a fit, let's jump on a discovery introductory course. Um, you have the link, you can share it with your audience. Absolutely. I will get to know them. They will get to know me. They will tell me their challenge. If I think I can help them, I will offer them a solution. If I cannot help them, we'll just stay friends. Or maybe I will refer them to somebody else. It's a 30 minutes. It's complimentary. Words come to words. We just, you know, we just get to know each other. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you, Evan, so much for coming on the show. Um, I hope everyone listening got a ton of great value. Like I said, in the show notes, we'll have Evan's um, website and we will see you in the next episode. Steph here. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you and we love deepening our connection with our listeners. We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information, or details on the show, please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.